0: Hey guys, it's Shell, your Rolling MC, and this is Hitting the Streets Podcast Show. Welcome to Hitting the Streets Podcast Show. Hitting the Streets is a series of interviews giving you the insider's look at the small businesses entrepreneurs, nonprofit organizations, and events in the North Texas area. You can find all episodes of Hitting the Streets on Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, you can follow Hitting the Streets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. For more information about Hitting the Streets podcast, You can visit my website at www.HittingTheStreetsPodcast.com. And now, on with the show. Hey guys, it's Shell, your Rolling MC, and I am the mouth on the mic at Hitting The Streets Podcast Show. Today on the show, I have Bobby Warren, VP of the dealer division at Douglas Distributing. Now, Bobby and I, and of course, Lindsay Manley, we're not going to forget about Lindsay Manley, came together and decided to do this fun contest giveaway called April Fuel Day. Do y'all remember that on my Facebook page, April Fuel Day? So he is here tonight, and we're going to talk a little bit about gas prices. But before we get into all that, Bobby, please introduce yourself.
1: Thanks, Shell. So Bobby Warren, um, born and raised here in Sherman, Texas. Uh, Took a little bit of a hiatus out to West Texas to Texas Tech University. Went out there, got my degree. Decided to come back. Mm -hmm. Um, Exercise physiology by by degree, uh, selling wholesale gas and diesel uh, by trade. So um, not the uh, not the career I maybe expected, mm-hmm. but I, I can't complain. You know, the Douglases have been really good to us. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, um, so I've known them just for a short matter of time, but we all know them related to fuel and gas. So can you tell us just a little bit more to our audience that are listening about Douglas Distributing?
1: Sure. So um, a little brief history, overview of the company, um, back in 1981, mm-hmm. a couple of years before my time, um, Bill and Joan Douglas branched out on their own to exit the Exxon Mobil corporate entity and go into business for themselves. Mm. Um, they bought a local Exxon distributorship here in Sherman, um, a small quarter acre lot, just a handful of employees, a couple of trucks. Um, that's still part of our main campus today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's grown from from that small entity that it once was to, to over 400 team members. We've got several campuses. Um, we have an office in Atoka, Oklahoma. We have an office down in Grand Prairie. Um, wow. It's, it's grown into a very vast, diverse group that uh, I'm really proud to be involved with.
0: How long have you been with Douglas Distributing?
1: I started in 2007. Um, at wow. The, at the ripe age of 24. Hey, my, hey. My first real job. <laughs> Yay, there you go. <laughs> but uh, I You know, I went in one day and um, my father had actually, he started in 2006. Oh, I see. Almost a year prior to uh, my first, Mm -hmm. you know, interview there. I went in talked with Brad one day, kind of had an informal interview, more of a discussion, more of a, you know, coaching me up like, here's what you should do. You should do this, you should do that. This opening I have, it's not for you. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, it won't be a good (laughs) fit. Let's talk about other things you might want to try. I Um, love it.
0: That's a true, that's true recruitment. Yeah, Yeah. no, this is not a good fit for you. Let's talk about this. It
1: was. um, But, you know, lo and behold, the next day I got the call. It's like, hey, uh, if you're interested in this position, you know, here's the offer. You know, we'd like to have you on. And I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to stay here, I may as well work with the best Mm -hmm. around. Um, So in 2007, it was on Halloween. my first day.
0: Oh, my God. Y'all, he said Halloween. And y'all know, that is my favorite holiday.
1: (laughs) Yay! That was my first day there. Douglas Uh, started out uh, with pipe wrenches and a shovel, putting in propane tanks. That's uh, that's how I started. And then this this Halloween will be my 15th year with the company, and I've had uh, five different positions within the company. um,
0: You've grown a lot. Kind of
1: led me up very much an entry level start, um, but it's allowed me to see so many different areas of the company Mm, mm -hmm. as I progress through. And that's made me really effective in what I'm doing today.
0: So what are you doing today? So I I understand that you're the VP of the dealer division. What does that mean?
1: Sure. So our our dealer wholesale division is the the biggest entity of our several companies. We have about six total Mm -hmm. um, under the Douglas umbrella. Um, But the dealer division is all those guys out there that are independently owned and operated convenience retail. So if you had a store and it was your own store, you and your husband ran it, you would have to have a fuel supply contract in order to get fuel service to that store. Mm -hmm, And those mm -hmm. are typically anywhere from five to 20 year contracts, Mm -hmm. really long, really robust. Yes. There's, there's a lot that goes into those, a lot of negotiation, a Mm -hmm. lot of, um, you know, our, our contract today is probably over 30 pages, you know, of, of legal, you know, (laughs) legal verbiage that, Mm -hmm. um, we just address every little scenario, but the, the contracts and the fuel supplies is, is, there's so much fuel volume, so much money involved mm-hmm. that it has to have a really rugged, you know, contract structure, mm-hmm. and that's my piece of the business. Gotcha. So I have about gotcha. 170 of those independent retailers. Wow, that you manage? Yes. Oh, okay. So they they own and operate their own facility. My team makes sure that we service our fuel supply contracts mm, gotcha. in, within the terms of those deals. Right, right, right. Um, okay. And I've got a team of 13 people that are. The best in the business. They're they're awesome people. I love to love to share time with them. Um, but like I said, we have about 170 customers mm-hmm. that are here in North Texas into Southern Oklahoma, and we we typically distribute anywhere from 70 to 75 million gallons a year through mm-hmm. our sector wow. of the business.
0: Yeah. Wow. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, I decided to do this because one, a friend of mine, we were talking um, and doing another event. And we were talking about what could we do for giveaways for this other event. And we all agreed that fuel would be, make somebody a happy camper just because of the the gas prices being so high. And she happened to say, yes, we can have a fuel day. And I was like, that's so cute. Fuel day. Mm -hmm. So then when April came around, I was just playing around with stuff and I was like, Oh my God, April fuel day. And I thought. I have to run this by Lindsay Manley (laughs) and talk to her about Douglas Distributing and see if we can collaborate together on that because it was just the right timing, you know. So it kind of stemmed from us having that conversation while we were working on another event. And so I I'm really um, an advocate of giving back to our community. And that was one of the goals that I wanted to do with this. So I'm very thankful for for you and for Lindsay. Um, sponsoring the four gift cards for uh, $50 for for gas. But I want to talk a little bit about the gas prices and why they are so high. Is there any way that you can kind of explain to us? Because it's been a long time since I've seen them, the the prices looking like California and Florida.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we saw, you know, the prices we're seeing today, we've seen before, we saw some similar pricing back you know, especially in 2014, around Hurricane Harvey, when things were mm. a little wild for a little while, mm-hmm. um, and it was more of a supply disruption than anything. I mean, okay. the most of the the fuel that's sold here in Texas and throughout the the Gulf Coast area comes out of Houston. When Houston's flooded, it really puts a okay. you know <laughs> mm-hmm. cramp on our style. You sure, know? Uh, it really does. So then we have to go to either other sources or. Um, We have to get by on what little bit of fuel is being produced and being pushed through the pipelines. So in that, you know, classic supply-demand relationship, if the supply gets challenged, demand stays constant, prices are going to rise. So what we're seeing today actually is not necessarily a supply-related problem or a supply-related challenge that's Mm -hmm. causing some of the high prices, but it's a demand. It's a a demand. So. I mean, we we all went through 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. COVID mm-hmm. lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Many businesses failed, mm-hmm. restaurants. Uh, yeah, you know, in yeah. In particular,
0: and they're still suffering from yes, that, Bobby. Absolutely. They're
1: still we, yep. well.
0: I say they. We all suffering because as supporters, supporting mm-hmm. local. How do we? I mean,
1: oh, we're not out of the woods. No, I mean, we're we're definitely still in the middle of what's happened over the last couple of years, and because of that. You know, people were staying home, they weren't going out as much, mm-hmm. they weren't spending mm-hmm. as much. When people, when Americans aren't spending, mm-hmm. that's when the economy slows down. Because it's it's all based upon consumer spending. So as people were sitting at home not spending, they're developing kind of that angst, kind of that uh, cabin fever. They want to mm-hmm. get out. So here comes 2021. Some of the travel bans are lifted. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the you know mask mandates are lifted, things like that. People are more comfortable getting out. Mm-hmm. Well the rebound and the surge of activity that we've seen this year is unprecedented. So 2019 was one of the highest levels of fuel demand ever in the history of the world. We have exceeded 2019 levels as of today. So what what we're seeing now is this huge amount of demand here in the U.S. that doesn't have the supply that we had in 2019 so therefore you're seeing this price imbalance demand is high supply is not accommodating the demand therefore it drives the prices up now the additional layers on top of that is the geopolitical arena Um, when russia invaded ukraine it caused a huge disturbance in the global oil market Um, crude oil is really the main driving factor in refined fuel products pricing Um, and when the crude oil markets get disrupted to the point they have in the last in the last thirty days, um, it creates a lot of volatility from day to day. And when I say volatility, I mean from one day to the next. We've got used to seeing one to two cent changes. You're right, sure. In fuel prices, right? Um, it's almost the, like the, the norm. Like, yeah, on yeah. the wholesale side, sure. That was norm. That's yeah, like a norm. Down. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four yeah. cents. No big deal. Um, we'll adjust. We'll you mm-hmm. know we'll move forward. We've seen a single day price change as high as 90 cents in a single day. So when you see that as a fuel distributor or a fuel retailer, we're not the ones that necessarily generate the price. We're the ones that have to have to take that price and then transfer it to the street at some kind of a little bit of a profitable scenario. So the store stays open and, you know, business continues on. Um, But seeing that volatility in the oil market created unprecedented challenges it really did
0: so and i may be okay so bear with me but so in 2019 mm-hmm. we and, and moving into 2020 when we got shut down there really wasn't any activity of going or doing anywhere so uh, now 2021 going into 2022 how did that change so drastically when we didn't go anywhere that whole entire year you know what i'm well, i don't know if i'm asking yeah, the right so, question but like like we didn't have enough or we just, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh so all of a sudden we don't have the demand when we had it all in 2019, 20. Yeah. You know, so we can, we can
1: roll back a couple of years. If we go back to, to 2019 and kind of this booming time. Yes. Um Lots of fuel demand, lots of people traveling, lots of miles mm-hmm. driven by, by consumers. Um Texas was leading the way. We mm-hmm. had some of the most miles driven mm-hmm. in 2019 of any, any time in the history of, mm-hmm the history of the modern world. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, you know, came the demand for fuel. Well, that actually kind of drove prices down. Mm -hmm. Um, So we saw, you know, if you go back to 2018, 2019, we saw fuel prices that were at historic low. Right, And it's, you know, here we are a short two years later, we're talking Mm -hmm. about historic highs. Mm -hmm. So that leads into something I want to, I want to discuss a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But um, if we, if we focus on 2019 and we say, Hey, everybody was traveling. Fuel was, was economical. Mm-hmm. People weren't necessarily focusing on these, you know, 50 mile per gallon vehicles. They weren't mm-hmm. looking at hybrids. They weren't really looking at EVs mm-hmm. because fuel was a buck a gallon. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know what? I don't need to fly. Mm-hmm. I can drive. I can, to drive. I can drive. I can yeah. drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can drive to right. little rock. Right. You know, whereas before people were like, Oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. the cost of travel, maybe I should just fly, you know, mm-hmm. grab a flight that's, you know, mm-hmm. an hour away or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of driving going on and that really, it helped. Um, but it, what it did, it kind of created this, this bubble, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And when 2020 hit and there was like, okay, we're going to shut it down. People are going to, you know, work from home where you can, or if you're not an essential business, you got to close, you know, those kind of things Mm -hmm. that, I mean, you talk about slowing down an economy and slowing down consumer spending. You start shutting some places down. Yeah, that does it. That, That definitely takes a toll. And if you think about it from the oil, perspective or the oil company perspective not necessarily the refined goods mm-hmm. but the, the guys in west texas for example okay if if their product is not sellable at a profitable number okay yeah. their company eventually dries right. up Mm-hmm. I mean, right? If 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 it's a young company that's got five years in, they've mm-hmm. been booming, they've been rock and rolling, like oh making yeah, making money, everything's great. We just... can we can produce oil in West Texas at twenty two dollars a barrel, mm-hmm. and we're selling it for thirty five. Everybody's happy, right? Let's pump as much, and as and then, we then can. all of a sudden, and then the demand falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, so that's that's kind of how it starts, and then as those companies dissolve, you fast forward two years where we are now. We have an unprecedented demand. But the producers aren't producing. They're not there. They dried up two years ago, so it's the oil production is just is not what it was, and it's because of that oh that drought, you know, kind of time we went through. Um, So
0: the pandemic, the pa- the pandemic just really yeah jacked up everything. No yeah. offense, I mean, I'm just right. I, it, it really just, did. It did. Yeah. It messed up everything. Oh wow.
1: Yeah, and um, I I had a, a speaker I. Had listened to recently that um, he was a former head economist for Exxon Mobil. Now he works for API, American Petroleum Institute. Super, super brilliant guy. And he took, you know, a slide deck of data that it would have taken me days to probably digest it. And he explained it about a 30-minute speech. Mm -hmm. And he really simplified it as that, you know, on the basis that in 2019 we had peak demand. We had lots of oil companies, lots of oil production. After two years of You know just demand destruction those companies dissolved and in 2021 we say okay let's let's reinvest let's regenerate some oil company let's do these things and now there's additional challenges whether it be political or the financial system whatever it is that makes it harder and harder to invest capital into those oil exploration projects may not be the you know topic for for our discussion but there are certain hurdles are having to jump now that they didn't used to have to get across. Um, wow! Because of the negative perspective mm-hmm. of oil or fossil mm-hmm. fuels, um, but when we're in a situation where we need it or we're paying four and five dollars a gallon, mm-hmm. people start to kind of rethink their their position in regard to fossil fuels. Yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my. Okay, guys. So um, I feel like I'm in class tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, thank you so much. I hope you guys really listen in on that because that's not, your your answers was not what I was expecting, but I do get it. Sure. Be, because you, we we were talking about this before we went on air, how many businesses had closed and things that are changing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, obviously we're not where we were two years ago. And a lot of that has changed so much from 2020 to even, well, still now, you know, still now we're struggling. Mm-hmm. So the gas prices are going to remain high until we get past
1: yeah so you know the, the russia ukraine conflict that's mm-hmm. going on right now certainly is a challenge um
0: too many challenges is what we're having china all, all, is, at,
1: all at once so china is currently going through a, a series of lockdowns uh because of their they're going through another COVID wave currently oh, okay um, so that take that took a bite out of the global demand for oil oh my gosh. so again <sighs> demand falls so we think prices should decrease we, we should get some relief mm-hmm. well then there's something else that pops up, um, you know, whether it be bombing in Maripol in, in Ukraine, or wow. the Iran nuclear negotiations. I mean, there's all this, it's, it's really the wow. product of a geopolitical atmosphere that we as fuel distributors or even fuel retailers, you know, mm-hmm. through our Lone star food stores um, we're, we're at the very end of the chain, you know, we're kind of, you know, we take whatever we can get and then we try to do the best we can to, to make a good deal for the mm. local consumers and all that. Uh, but really we're not the ones out there, you know, setting the price or building, building the, the precedent for whatever today's prices are. It's no. just like, I mean, if, if, if I sold oranges on the side of the road, mm-hmm. what's the price I buy oranges mm-hmm. for? What's mm-hmm. the price I can sell it for? And what's a little bit of margin that I can feed my family with.
0: So, so to your point, We was also talking about this my husband and i had um a food truck it was b-dog street dogs food truck and as much as we wanted to open covid shut it down first of all because nobody was going anywhere so and so as much as we wanted to open back up putting the the pen to paper the i'm telling you it just didn't add up and him and i went back and forth. I was trying to come up with all kinds of ways to just open, not every day, just open for a few events and things like, and I'm telling you, Bobby, it just didn't make sense because of the food cost. And there's no way in any town, I'm going to sell a $10 hot wow. dog. Yep. That, that doesn't even make sense from Cause I wouldn't buy, it. I yep. wouldn't buy a $10 hot dog. And so we just really had to say, we we we, we can't open. Because there's, there's just, you just can't open with a ten dollar hot dog and think that right. you're just gonna sell it. And like you said, that ten dollar hot dog. Once we broke it down, it that we still didn't get paid. Right. We still wasn't getting paid. So even the labor that we put in, doing all what we're doing, and have to have propane to even yeah. cook the yeah, hot dog, right. gas to yeah. even get the trailer yeah. over there. Do the math yeah. on all of that. Right. Like you know, yeah. high prices in gas, and then the propane yeah. gas, and then. Yeah. Trying to cook a hot dog and sell it to somebody for 10 bucks, that's ridiculous.
1: You know, if, if nothing else, I think, you know, the last couple of years and the, the challenges that we've seen friends and family go mm-hmm. through in businesses, especially in the food industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it opens some eyes in terms of how private sector exists, how it works. And, you know, I get a chance that Douglas has allowed me to have an intern, you know, every mm-hmm. year and mm-hmm. I have an internship program. And I try to tell those young people, it's like, hey, you know, private sector business has to exist. To make a profit like that's how people get paid that's how you mm-hmm. grow that's how you get right. benefits i mean all those certain things it's right it's not a bad thing it's okay mm-hmm. you know for businesses to turn a profit it's that's what keeps us in existence without it just like those oil companies in west texas we don't have them they they disappear they,
0: yeah right they're gone um so how have you guys like overcome a lot of all this stuff the, all the changes that have happened since the pandemic
1: yeah i'll tell you you know anytime there's a crisis it really it helps me appreciate my company more and more Mm -hmm. when there's a crisis when there's a hurricane harvey when there's a recession of 2008 Mm -hmm. 2008 not a single layoff during the the greatest financial crisis the country's ever seen
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i mean when we have a crisis or a challenge our company rises to the occasion and it's just it's a straight down you know it's an influence from the ownership from the family um you know, I don't know if those people are really scared of anything. You know, whatever happens, mm-hmm. whatever comes up, we either, you know, figure it out or we'll make a new one. Take way. the
0: bull by the horns, yeah, man. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So I mean, whether it's ice storms with our propane company getting mm-hmm. out, you know, we've we've mm-hmm. had propane trucks running when we were the only trucks on the road, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. We've bought new vehicles to navigate ice storms in Texas for one or two weeks a year. We we have a truck that's specifically equipped to deliver those emergency gallons of propane. Yeah. Home
0: yeah
1: someone's <laughs> home. Because you know, when we saw the mm-hmm. the, the February of 2021, February mm-hmm. of 2022, those those eye storm periods where look, we're not gonna mm-hmm. we're not gonna not be able to service our customers. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. And I just I, I can't speak enough about that.
0: Well, I I'm this little idea <laughs> compared to everything that you just told me, I just felt like it was a need just to show. What we can do, you know, together. Sure. So I really do appreciate um, Douglas Distributing and you guys coming together just to say, "Hey, guys, we understand. We know what everybody's going through, the hardships, especially with this gas. So this is what we're gonna do, you know, to give back for the month of, of month of April." Yeah. So, um, so believe it or not, I need to wrap up. <laughs> okay. So, is there anything else that you would like to, you know, tell
1: the audience? No, I mean, I guess uh, kind of to close on, you know, the the four fifty dollar Valero fuel gift cards yes, we have here
0: that are, I have in my
1: hand. <laughs> yeah, really proud to offer those. That's something fun that uh, your listeners can can get a little bit of fuel on, trying yeah. to trying to ease the pain a little bit of these high prices. But yes. believe me, if I would rather sell one dollar gas to happy customers any day, uh, I yeah. really would. I've said it before. I'm on record saying it with our yes. state association. <laughs> here we go. It's yeah. like, look, I will stand on a podium and I will say. <laughs> No one likes high gas prices, but it's credit card companies, Mm-mm. and uh, that's because they're getting a fee based on you know the transaction value. Right. Um, but I tell you, I, I would rather sell cheap fuel to happy customers any day. And um, our company makes the best best decisions we can to make mm-hmm. it as affordable for you know mm-hmm. our customers as we can. Um, we we have a big business, I'm certainly proud of, and some of the best people in the in the world that work yes. for us. Yes. Um, yes. But we'll we'll continue to do the best we can to fight. Fight for Texoma and make sure that we get the best prices to the street we can.
0: And I love to hear that. Okay, guys, that's it for us, Bobby. Thank you once again for being on the show.
1: Sure. I really enjoyed it, Shel. Thank yes. you. Yes,
0: and a big shout out to Lindsay Manley for bringing us together.
1: Yes, <laughs> she, she threw me in the deep end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you hear that, Lindsay? <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for me. You're Rolling MC. Catch another episode on Hitting the Street. Thank you once again.